Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we are talking about jobs for women. What's happening? A lot of women, especially during the pandemic, lost their job or they quit. Maybe they left to take care of kids or elderly parents. And now, not as many women are getting back into the workforce for a variety of reasons. Joining me today is Robin Scribner. She is the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. First of all, before we even hit the pandemic issue, you've actually been working with getting women into tech fields for several years, working to get them into these fields that have been predominantly men oriented. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and the programs that you have? Yes, we launched Tech Moms right at the beginning of the pandemic. We, my, my partners and I, uh, Mikkel Blake and Trina Limpert, were talking about this in February of 2020, all excited to start this new program. And then in March, we were like, hold on, is this really a time to start something new? Can we really, you know, the world was so uncertain. Can we really do this? And um, over the following weeks, as we looked at what was happening to women all over the world and women here in Utah, how their careers were being so negatively affected, we realized it was more important than ever to launch a program that supported women to find jobs that would work for them and all the other responsibilities they had in their lives. We ran our first cohort starting in September of 2020. Uh, We've now run 18 cohorts over the last two and a half years. We put more than 300 women through the program. So we've seen a lot of success with this specific model, but there's still so much work to do. When you say cohort, what is that? We run classes of women between 15 to 25 women in a single class. They meet together every week for nine weeks. So in our regular Tech Moms program, they're learning basic technical skills, but they're also doing a lot of career exploration to find out what's going to be the right pathway for them. But once these cohorts are finished, at the end of the nine weeks, they have a graduation and they show off the website that they built and all these wonderful things. That doesn't end their participation with Tech Moms because we've built this long-term community of support. One of our mottos is once a Tech Mom, always a tech mom. So they start in a small class where they can kind of grow together, but then they join this much broader community of women who are trying something new and moving into this new industry. Why is it so important that women get into tech? Why not just be a chef or 
an artist or something. Yeah. And I, I want to support women in whatever pathway they choose. One of the reasons why we chose to focus on tech as we were launching Tech Moms is because it's really some low-hanging fruit for women. In the first place, there are so many jobs available. Tech is such a growing dynamic field, and there are thousands of unfilled jobs in tech in the state of Utah. So we knew that there, there was a need for women. There's a need for more workers in general, but especially because tech is an area where women are so underrepresented their perspectives, their experiences, their viewpoints are really needed within our tech companies. So it's a great, it, it brings the companies more of what they need and it gives women an opportunity to, to find jobs that are really plentiful. Um, a lot of our women are are doing workforce reentry, so they've been out of the workforce for a long time. But actually, uh, about half the women who do tech moms have had long careers in other industries and they want to transition into tech because they want better pay they want more flexibility and they want increased opportunity. And tech offers all three of those things. And technology covers a huge range. But one of the ones I come into contact almost every day is programming in tech. And let me tell you, I can tell instantly when a man has developed it because it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I love that. Well, that, Heather, that's such an important point because really our, our viewpoints and perspectives are so different. And when you have companies, products that are built by people who all think alike, they're missing out a large population of their consumer base, but by not creating things that are intuitive to different types of people. So that's where I can see that that coming along. Now, I just mentioned programming, like actually creating a program that companies or just individuals will use. But there's a, a huge range. Like we have digital platforms now where I work KSL News Radio. So most people think, oh, you're just talking on the air all the time. I have to write articles for a website. And we have people who run the website. They also are writing and they're creating and they're pulling images that I can then use for some of my articles. And so it's this huge behind the scenes thing happening that I barely have an inkling of what's going on there. But it's those type of things, too, that you help with. Absolutely. One of the things that we emphasize that our program is really much broader than it seems. We tell our women that there are non-technical jobs at every tech company and there are technical jobs at every company, regardless of what kind of company it is. And so really women can work at any type of company. They can work in any industry and do something very technical, or they can work at the most techie of tech companies and be in an area like marketing or HR or sales where it's much less technical. And, and that's one of the things we do in the program. We, we train women in customer experience and in digital marketing and in sales and cybersecurity, all these different areas that really range from very technical to not very technical at all. And we help them understand there's a place for everybody in the tech industry. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good thing. I do want to take a quick break because I actually want to move to during the pandemic, a lot more women than men lost their jobs. And so I want to talk about that and how you're helping women in that area as well. So we'll be right back with Robin Scribner. She's the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about jobs for women, and it's a specific reason why. Joining me today is Robin Scribner. She is the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. And Robin, during the pandemic... More women than men lost their jobs. And part of that, as we were discussing in the break, was because the hospitality, restaurants, all of those type of jobs had to shut down almost immediately when the pandemic happened. And women, more than men, were in those industries. But you were also saying there's another reason why more women were out of the workplace during that time. Yes, there were definitely a combination of factors that were affecting women's employment during the pandemic. And and some of those things are still lingering quite a bit. But more than 2 million women, more than men, were out of the workforce during the pandemic. And even as late as February of 2022. So just, just barely a year ago, there were still 2 million women missing from the workforce because of issues like childcare, that they were having to do the homeschooling with their kids when the schools were still on lockdown, that um, there were so many things so many parts of our lives that were disrupted due to the pandemic. And we know that in most of our homes and families, women are doing an outsized portion of the unpaid care work in the home. And it just wreaked havoc with women's careers. Um, but but another thing that happened when we moved to more remote work, moved to more hybrid work, that it gave the opportunities for women to see, oh, hopefully there are different ways that I can move, that I can work in the future and do things differently. And now that more, more and more companies are starting to say, we want everybody back in the office. We're just going to go back to the way that we were. Women are saying, I don't want that. I, I've, I recognize that I can do my work in a different way, and I want something better that works better for me and my family. So there are a lot of complex factors here working with this entire issue. Okay. Now, I know there are some companies that are just very strict on, we, I want everybody into the office. They just want to go back to how it was before. And those companies may wind up employing mostly men because, as you said, women are looking at, hey, I want a a better work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So what happens if those companies really stick to everybody has to come to work, but very few women are applying there? They're going to suffer and they're going to find some challenges. The tech industry is very volatile. We know that we've seen there's been 90,000 tech layoffs across the country just this year. So one of the things we talk to our women about is the tech industry is very up and down. But even throughout the down periods, there's still more opportunity than a lot of other industries. And so some of these companies, the, the power dynamic of do the employers have more power right now? Do the employees have more power right now? That can kind of ebb and flow a little bit. But in a tight labor market, especially for really skilled tech talent, the companies that are really rigid and insisting that everybody be in the office full time are going to miss out on some of the best talent out there. I understand that. I truly do. However, up until like the 19, late 1980s, early 1990s, they didn't think they were missing out on on having women in the workplace. It was a hard it was hard to get it still is, but it was even worse back then. And I'm thinking, you know, you got the good old boys network happening in some places still. And they're like, oh, thank God we got rid of the women. <laughs> well, I feel sorry for those companies because they're going to they whether they know it or not, they are missing out. One of the reasons why we've had so much industry support in launching Tech Moms is because as there is a 
a fierce competition for great talent. So many companies, as they're trying to recruit uh, employees from out of state, they're trying to recruit the top women and the top men. And both men and women are looking at companies and saying, I don't want to go to a company that doesn't have a lot of diversity of all kinds within the company. So if you've got a company full of people who all see things the same way, work the same way, they're going to have a hard time recruiting this talent. So whether they know it or not, they are going to suffer. <laughs> okay. Now, I know that when you first launched Tech Moms, it was specifically to get women in tech industries, but are you helping women get into other areas of work? Yes. So our program, one of the things that we learned right at the right at the very beginning of Tech Moms is we were doing a great job of teaching the technical skills, but so many of the women, especially those that were doing career reentry, were still missing a lot of the other pieces of getting back into the workforce, building a professional network, making sure that all their skills were up to date, but even building a resume, creating a LinkedIn profile, some of these other factors. And so we we created some supplementary workshops and different things, but but as we talked to more and more women, we knew that there are a lot of women out there who even, even though I said check is for everybody. There are a lot of women who said, I'm already a social worker. Like I, I have a career. I, I know there are things that I want to do or or I know I want to do something. I, I know it's not tech, right? And so we recognized a need for creating a program focused on workforce reentry specifically for women, but that is industry neutral, that will teach the basic skills they need to get back into the workforce, that will take them into any area that they choose, regardless of whether or not it's tech or healthcare, education, services, any industry. Yeah. My dad, even way back 30 years ago was insistent that I become a computer programmer. He just thought, that's the way. you got to be a computer. I hated that. I mean, I would not have been happy. I picked a path that sort of interested me that was a little bit more science-based. But I found even then, after working 10 years in the airline industry, my degree was in aviation. But even then, I just, I wasn't that happy at that role. So as much as I do understand and believe, now trust me now, 30 years on, I'm like, dang, I should have been paying more attention to this tech stuff because (laughs) I don't quite understand a lot of the stuff coming at me and it's coming so fast these days. So it's important to to understand it, even on a basic level. But for me, if I wanted to change career paths, tech would not be it. Right. Yeah. And we 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 do not want to prescribe a path for anyone. We, we don't think that we know what's best for anyone. Right. But we, we want to provide the tools so, so that people can make the best informed decisions and really find the pathway that's right for them. Heather, I'm so glad you mentioned that you have changed your own career pathway because that's one of the things we really focus on. Sometimes women, you know, we we're trained to be perfectionist. We're from the very little time you've got to do everything right. Just get all your ducks in a row, whatever. And so some of the women who come to us are like, I can't choose a pathway until I'm absolutely sure it's going to be just the right one. And one of the things that we know by looking at the research over the last, you know, 60 years is that gone are the days when someone got a job with a company at age 25 and worked there till they were 60. The average American has, you know, about 12 different jobs over the lifetime. And some of those are in vastly different careers, totally different industries. And so we we tell our women, choose something that's interesting to you, start down that path, stay with it as long as it's working for you. And when it's not, pivot. That's what everybody does. That's what a modern career looks like. And I will say, because I'm actually on my third career since graduating from college, but I am grateful, even though I wound up not liking the jobs I, I was in, the industries I was in by the end of it, 
I'm very grateful for having that experience because where I am now in the news field, if my producer says, oh, Heather, we need you to go to the airport and talk about whatever. Well, guess what? I used to work at an airport. I know all of that stuff. Or if it's in the animal husbandry area, I did that for a while. I have this experience. I have medical stuff in my background now that I can take forward with me when writing news stories because I understand it. And you're setting me up perfectly for this idea of talking about transferable skills. And that's one thing that that so many women don't understand. They're like, well, I used to do this, but that doesn't relate anything to this next job that I want to do. But you're just talking like all these totally different aviation, animal husbandry. Who would ever think that you could ever find a way to connect those together? But, But even the kind of topic area aside, the skills that you're learning reading, writing, analyzing material, research, bringing together data, doing quantitative work. Those are skills that you can take from any area. And so many women have learned those skills when they were home with their kids, problem solving, negotiation, right? Anyone with kids understands we spend our whole life negotiating. So one of the one of the things that we focus on in Tech Moms is helping women identify and recognize the skills and amazing capacities that they already have, and then helping them translate that. How do you use that skill that you learned and developed at home into the workplace setting and recognize you're going to bring tons of value to your new company. Awesome. All right. We need to take one more break. When we come back, we'll go into how do people get involved with your program or if they're not in the state of Utah, hopefully there are other programs like this out there. But we'll discuss that when we come back with Robin Scribner, the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about jobs for women and why it's so important to get women basically into the workforce, any workforce, but we're kind of concentrating on the tech industry. Joining me today is Robin Scribner. She is the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. I wanted to touch on with inflation happening right now, and even so many women lost their jobs, and many of these family may have been relying a bit on her income, but maybe they had money saved up, and they thought they were fine even without her in the workplace. And now, all of a sudden, prices are going up everywhere, and they're still going up. Even Gas prices have come down a smidgen, but I haven't seen them come down in the grocery stores, and everything else still continues to climb. So, How does your program help if women have decided, yeah, I want to go back into the workplace, mostly because my family needs my income, but I don't want to go back to the job I had? One of the things that, that we realized that we really wanted to focus on this year is is helping families that are in that exact kind of crunch. A lot of the women that we work with are either single mothers or the head of their own household. So they've been, you know, their family's been relying solely on their income this entire time. But even for women in those two, two parent household, two adult households are finding this crunch with the seven, eight percent inflation that we've had over the year. And so a lot of women are saying, you know, I, I we were able to get by with some of the government, you know, you know, different supports and different things that have been happening for the last couple of years. But but recognizing that time is now. And at the same time, we still have, despite some of these layoffs and the instability we've seen throughout some of these industries, we still have such a low unemployment rate in the state of Utah, it's just at 2.2 percent, which is basically full employment. Everybody who wants a job can have a job right now. And so we wanted to make sure that we were providing a good, solid pathway for women who 
know that they need to get back to work, understand that there are jobs out there, but still can't quite make the two pieces fit. They aren't sure where to start. They don't know exactly what kind of work they want to go to, aren't sure how to get their resume together or anything like that. So we want to reach out to those women who just need a little boost and some community support. And, and we are running the Ready to Work program on a cohort model as well. So women who are taking this journey, this pathway can get together with another group of 15 to 20 women and and just be watching each other, learn from each other and say, well, if she can do it, then maybe I can do it too. We, we've really found that women learn together so well as part of that community. Do you know if other states are doing similar type of programs? Because I know we're talking about Utah because we're here, but this podcast is national. So yeah. I'm sure there's lots of women out there who are looking to change careers or get into the workforce for the first time if they've been at home as caregivers. There are some national organizations that that run return to work programs for women. There aren't many that run a specific cohort model like this, but this program is actually a virtual program and so women from anywhere in the country could join this program. Really? So it's it's a, yeah. So my my ready to work program is online. We we meet live in the evenings together. So we're, it's not like a class you can take anytime. We are meeting together, but we're doing it on Zoom. And so if you're a woman in Massachusetts, if you're a woman in Seattle, you could join this program and be part of it. We also have online tech moms cohorts as well for our regular program. They're open to women everywhere. So even though most of our tech moms programming is live and in person along the Wasatch Front, we do have some virtual options for women who might like to join us from anywhere that they are. Wow. Okay. So what is the website that people can go to if they want to get more information or thinking about joining your group? So our website is tech-moms.org. We're a nonprofit, so we're a .org website. I'm assuming it does cost money to take your program. How much yes. is it? So the Ready to Work program is $100. It is highly subsidized. That that tuition is only a small portion of what it really costs to run the program. But as we're a nonprofit, we raise money in order to, to keep the programs really affordable for women. Our regular Tech Moms program is $400. It's a lot more hours and much more involved. But with that said, even with those tuition costs, we can make financial arrangements, payment plans, other ways of helping women whose finances are really tight and maybe can't afford the full tuition cost. We have never turned to anyone away from one of our programs for an inability to pay. So we find a way to make it work. Now, you said early on that your classes are anywhere from 10 to 25. What if you get more than 25 people who say they want to join the, the next class? So we, we are running programs throughout the year. And so when, when one program fills up, we've, we've hit our capacity, then we will put someone on the list to start the program in a couple of months. All right. Anything else you want our listeners to know or understand about getting either back into the workforce or just changing from one career to another? Yeah, one thing, I just love to make an appeal to women, especially who are listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, that would be really good for me. I know that I need to get back to work, but they're feeling really scared. One of the things that we find with almost all the women who join our program is that that feeling of fear, this lack of confidence, this I'm not good enough because I've just been a mom at home for 15 years and, and no one will ever value what I have to do. I just, I wish I could take every woman who's feeling that way and just take her by the shoulders and look in her eyes and help her understand 
how much value she really is going to bring if she can find the way to tap into it and recognize what she has to offer. And that's one of the things that we do. Our, our women tell us all the time, there are lots of training programs out there. There are lots of ways to learn technology. But the special sauce that we have at Tech Moms is this community of support of building women together, building other women and helping them recognize how much they can do. Our women tell, say all the time that this program has changed their lives. And so I want the women out there who are thinking, oh, is this really for me? I'm not sure I can do it. Give it a try. Just show up the first day and, and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. All right. Robin Scribner, again, if anyone is interested, go to tech-moms.org to find out more about the programs if you are interested at all. And Robin, you are the co-founder and director of Outreach at Tech Moms. So thank you so much for walking through why women are needed in the workplace and that you don't have to just do the same thing over and over again. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this and, and to raise awareness of this really important topic for women. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.